He literally took about half the money that he was being offered from Apple to go with Warner. And Warner's like, here's our closet of beautiful dresses. Pick whichever one you want and have fun at the ball. about the hardware of the iPhone. There's a few that I can think of that would be cool. Uh, make it so that it doesn't crack when you drop it. So they did that. The new screen is more durable. They said it's new, more durable. Is it still made of glass? Well, then you're going to have to get a different material. All phones have glass. Innovation. All phones crack. Okay, fine. They that's, can make, that's actual okay, innovation. Okay, fine. They can Removable figure out a batteries. way. Well, the problem with the... the, problem with the um, the problem with the cracking screens is that apparently when you choose between the different types of material, you can either make them more durable so that they don't scratch, but they'll shatter. Or you make them more scratchable, but the glass is more durable so they don't crack. Well, that would be actual innovation if they actually solved both those problems. They've and been they trying. Have, and they have Everybody's the front cameras trying. without a notch. And like, there are all these things that seem like they're straightforward, but they are, I agree that they are hard problems. Okay, there's only like a few things they can do. But they those can, are the only things that are actually under They can make the screen so it doesn't crack. I don't think they need removable batteries, especially because the new XS Max has five hours more battery life. The, whatever it's called, the Pro Five Max. hours of screen on time? Five, they there's said no five hours more battery life Stand on by average, in airplane mode with no whatever the current state of the batteries are, five hours, five hours more, five hours because the phone is thicker and they finally added a bigger battery in it and suffered the thinness of the phone to add a battery. One, it's not five that much. Hours. It's one that's not that much thicker, I know, but and two, five, the battery is not that much bigger. That's a that's an one that's we'll a see. that battery life is a number that can be gamed in ten thousand different but ways. But they've been doing it. The point is that they've been whether or not they've been gaming the system or not. They, using that system that they've defined, the phone lasts five hours more. The battery is still going to degrade at the same rate as lithium-ion batteries well, always degrade. Elon Musk is solving that, so let's ignore that. He's okay, making batteries fine. that last 20 years. Is it why, Can you charge it wirelessly? The phone? Yeah. 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 All right. that's a thing that it hasn't had. So here's No, like the wirelessly thing. off the air or like off a pad? Like off a pad. Oh, I can charge my phone on a pad. Okay. But it has that. Well, so, what, through the air is a thing. Okay, well, okay, not beyond... No, they're actually doing that at well, these are this is this I is my point this brings me to my point about this is that these are the kinds of things that Apple did for us in the phones. And those are the kinds of things that we expected from them in the phones. Oh my god, they put this camera that's amazing in this phone. I don't even need to carry around my big DSLR anymore. Oh my god, look at the screen on this thing. It's so smooth and amazing. Oh my god, my phone has 8 gigs of RAM in it and it's so fast and can handle anything that I put on it. This can be my actual computer. Those are the kinds of advantages that we've come to expect from them, not I put another lens on the back of this phone. No, I know, but all I'm saying is the only things you can <clears throat> I can list them on one hand. They could make them charge faster. They did that. They have fast charging now. They come with a USB-C fast charger in the box. They could put USB-C on the phone. They could remove all plugs from the phone and have it only charge wirelessly with fast charging potentially in the future. But the headphone jack. They could make the screen they can make the screen more durable. They can remove the notch, which is coming in a couple of years. They could add back Touch ID underneath the screen, which potentially rumored is coming. 
or maybe not, because Face ID is apparently faster. Other phones now. have did it, so they'll probably be able to do it. Well, they but could, like, but they again, may not want are, to. Even those things, like those are still incremental. I know, but what I'm saying, what I'm trying to say is, name something else that doesn't come out of MIT electrical engineering science, pound science, that they could do to make the phone any better. The I want a battery is, that lasts a week. That would come out of MIT or Elon Musk. My phone from 20 years ago did that. That was because they weren't using always on, whatever. They weren't using the same kind of screens. My point though is, name one thing that they could do right now. What I'm trying to say, my proposition- Is that we're at peak phone. Phones are peak phone. Yeah, that was what the point that they were making on So tell on me about Exponent. this Retechery episode. Tell no, that's it. literally what the point they were making on the Exponent okay. episode. It's yeah. called Game of Phones because they came up, I remember they chuckled when they came up with that, but they're basically saying that they're not, in, this was at- uh, the the fall event from last year mm-hmm. and I thought he did like, another article this week that was good too he's done a couple like <clears throat> ben thompson i think pound for pound puts out some of the best no, he does. technology listen, content out there like Next he's so on point and really well uh researched and everything but he's been saying that uh, apple has clearly moving towards a services system which is fine what he's been saying is that he had an article called Apple's Middle Age, which mm-hmm. is kind of like this. It, it's such a perfect phrase because it's a company that's relatively new, hasn't been around that long, but has this enormous, like unprecedented in the history of humankind growth. And we have finally come to the question of, okay, now what? What is the second act of that? And we haven't seen... There isn't really a good example in any point in history of a technology second act that we can even compare them to. So we don't know what they're going to do. I mean, the closest thing would be probably Microsoft. Well, even that was like you had a lot of the problems of the late 90s of, you know, I mean, you could you could make the argument that it's taken Microsoft 20 years, 30 years to transition from that huge high growth early 90s Microsoft to the Satya Nadella, Microsoft, right? So is that what's going to happen for Apple? We don't know. We don't know. But we, we, what we do know is that their strategy is we are moving away from hardware. Now that we've captured kind of this hardware market, we're moving towards services because subscriptions are where it's at. Don't really know how that transition is going to go. We have some questions about the logic of the services compared to the logic of the hardware, right? If you make a, like, like th- this is a, a transformational piece of technology that everybody needs to have. Does everybody need to have whatever the movies or the TV shows are? Not necessarily, especially when you have other competitors and you don't have the lock-in, right? This actually dovetailed nicely with uh, a story that just came out, I think, in the last couple of days about how they lost J.J. Uh, Abrams, And the biggest kind of stickler point, they actually came in with more money because they tried to sign J.J. Abrams to a deal Mm -hmm. for their new content. And he turned them down even though they were significantly more money. And the sticking point was exclusivity. They wanted to pay him all the money to make content for them, but only them. I mean, he literally owns Bad Robot. Like, he made content for whoever he wants to. No, but they were saying that they wanted to sign Bad Robot to only make content for them. Yeah, that's stupid. He can make content for everyone. Yeah. He has a ton of money. They basically said, hey, you can't make Star Wars. You can't make Star Trek. 
You can't make any of the DC movies. You can't make any more Mission Impossible movies. You can only make stuff for us. And he was like, he was like, no, I'm not doing that. He literally took about half the money that he was being offered from Apple to go with Warner. And Warner's like, here's our closet of beautiful dresses. Pick whichever one you want and have fun at the ball. (laughs) So like that to me is kind of a sign of maybe they have some growing to do, right? Like it's been very easy for Apple to build this hardware ecosystem of you do it our way. We tell you how to do it and you stay on this phone for everything that you do. I think what they're discover is that services is a different game and they're going to have to adapt. And it seems like they should be able to, but that kind of misstep, especially this early on with that big a name, throwing money at a thing just to buy exclusivity. I mean, that seems like a Apple of old. And I don't know if that's really going to work for them going forward. I mean, they've been notoriously bad at services, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. But, we'll uh, see. I'm actually very interested to see how it works out. I'm, I am all for more competition in the services space. You know what the, my opinion is? What's that? I don't give a crap if they do services. I just want good devices. I also want good devices as well. So I think for me too, is that I'm kind of keeping an eye on this because I'm starting, this is like the way too far ahead of time. I am starting to think about what the next phone, what my next phone is going to be. Ooh, iPhone. No, no, it's still the, definitely going to be Android, but like... Mm, is it iPhone? It's not going to be an iPhone. I, iPhones are great. I can pretty much tell you right now it's not going to be an iPhone. An but, Watch, but, 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 but... I don't know if I'm going to stay on the Pixel flagship. I don't know. And here, here's why. There's a couple different ways this, this, this could go. There's the, 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 the A line now, which is like the sub-flagship line. Just like good enough, and it's half the price. That's the same thing with the iPhone 11. It's like really freaking good. It has the same chip as the Pro Max. Now it has two cameras, the wide and the regular, the super wide and the wide. Yep. And it has a pretty decent screen, and it's $300 less. Yeah, so that's I, I, the, the one that came out this year, or not, excuse, oh, it was this year, yeah. So the 3A. Pixel 3a and 3a XL look like pretty compelling products. And I'm very interested to see, uh, they have an event in a couple of weeks announcing the, the four series of Pixel phones. So I'm interested to see if they're going to do a Pixel 4a, what that's going to look like, what the progression from the 3a to a 4a looks like, and what that would potentially mean for a potential 5a. You know, the, only, the only Android phone that, there's a couple of Android phones that I think are pretty decent. I don't know the names, but there's a couple of them that are pretty cool. The one that I'd probably get would be the Samsung Note. So that is big, big that note. is the other option, right? That's but the other thing. their OS sucks. Their OS is not too bad. I ha- I've had Samsung phones in the past. I had an S3. I had an S4. They're both fantastic phones. The S4 is probably one of my favorite phones. One of my probably two or three favorite phones I've ever had in my entire life. The Note and the S10 series look so good. How's that pen, man? Gorgeous. They're beautiful pieces of machinery. The screens are unbelievably good. Their their screens are I mean, they very own, high quality they screens. Make they make all, all screens. the screens. So their screens can be fantastic. Their camera's pretty good. It's is it as good is it as good as the Pixel? Oh, it's it's close, but it's not quite there. 
and then you bring in the software, which is a huge thing. Is that one? I mean, they they had their own skin in the OS, but also you're not going to get the updates directly from Google. No, but you're going to have always, a, you're going to have an S Pen. Have an S Pen. Nobody else has an S Pen <laughs> that actually works. No one else has a pen on their phone. I don't even really. It's a jokey name, but like nobody has a pen nobody that works pen. as well as it does on the Note. Yeah. And, it actually and, works. And here's also the other kicker with the Samsung is that Samsung is the only ones making a good non-Apple smartwatch. Hmm. I don't know that because I only but they, have they But they only watch. run... So Google makes a Wear OS, which is the smartwatch operating system. Yeah. And yeah. any company can make it. Samsung, of course, being Samsung, was like, no, you know what? We're going to do our own thing. And they made their own watch OS <clears throat> called Tizen. And they had their own ecosystem of apps and everything. And it only works with the Samsung phones. Or no, excuse me. It only has full functionality in Samsung phones. It does work on other Android phones, but you lose a lot of functionality. Um, but they are far and away the best non-Apple Sounds like watches. your next phone is a Note 10. Or 11. I mean, this will be next year. There, I, I wouldn't be buying a phone until this time next year at the earliest. Seems like a lazy thing to do. You should get it this year. No, I, 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 I've never been like, I need to get the new phone every single time. Two years is a good, good cycle for me. I, it might even stretch out for me this year because the only reason I got this phone, the only reason I even switched off the, the Pixel 1 was because I was dumb and I bought the 64 gig one mm. and I ran out of space. Yeah. This one, I'm on a 256. I, I don't ever see myself running out of yeah, space. Yeah, my phone's this. 256 and it has 200 gigs free. Yeah, I don't oh. ever <laughs> see, like I could load up all the pictures I took on my trip on this phone, I'd be fine in raw files and I'd be hundred percent. Okay. I'm not going to, but that's a ton of space. I don't ever see myself need more space than that. So we'll see. We'll see. Phones are, phones are kind of fun as long as you keep your head on straight about them and understand that these are appliances. They're not, you know, laser swords. Yeah. There's nothing new under the sun when it comes to our phone. We have, I feel like we have reached peak phone. I think we've reached peak phone. I don't think we've reached peak watch. I don't think so either. And the Apple, the iOS, what is it called? The Apple Watch 5, Series 5, is a big jump from what I have. I have the 2. Oh. I didn't get the 3. My girlfriend has the 3 with the cellular and stuff, and she loves it. I have the 2 with just Wi-Fi, which is not that cool. So I'm going from the 2, not to the 3, not to the 4 that got the bigger screen, to the 5 that has always on display. Always on display is... Absolutely necessary for a smartwatch. I think it's going to be a game changer. It is. It's going well, to have cellular. Wear OS watches, and I'm not saying this to, to back on Apple, but Wear OS watches from early on have had uh, uh, always on yeah. displays. That was always kind of part of what they did. But the Apple Watch is, it's almost like the tablet, it's almost like the iPad. It's like it's clearly superior to anything on the Apple, on the Android side that it, they could single handedly eliminate the entire non-Apple smartwatch market by just saying, oh, you have a phone? What OS doesn't want? Doesn't matter. You can hook it up to this watch. You know, with services, they might do that. As they long might as do they that. sell Apple Health for $5 a month, they might yeah, do that. Yeah, exactly. And you, and you buy a subscription to Apple services. Yeah. And then everybody, even who's on an Android phone, is going to go buy an Apple smartwatch and buy whatever. I mean, the problem, well, that might actually work with the plan that the watch is going to become more independent. So the apps run on their own. That could be leading to that. But the early watches, they ran everything on the iPhones. They were super specific. Yeah. But that's not the case anymore. They're moving towards, I mean, I just, I almost would not be 
alarmed if they just completely dropped apps from the watch. I don't use any of them. I use zero apps on my watch. It should just be a a portal for your phone. It should just be a portal for notifications. That's it. Yeah, that's it. And you and should be able to pick and choose. You should be able to talk to Siri and hail an Uber. That's it. That's really it. That's all you need. And then and then and do your fitness tracking. Yeah, the fitness tracking. That's really it. That's all it should do. And, and then, then all the health stuff. Would it be so hard to make it look like a watch? Well, you know, I don't know. Maybe. But the new one, it lasts up to, they say up to 15 hours. Which Screen is on time. Or no, well. Just in general with the cellular and everything. That's really say. short. I don't ever, I don't, I mean, I charge it every night. I don't care. Until a watch can last like more than two days. Like if it lasts two days without a charge, it's annoying because you have to infrequently charge it. You don't charge it every night. You charge it when it's getting close to being dead, right? Right. That's annoying. If it lasts exactly one day or close to a really long day, like I'm in Europe, I'm in Spain, I wake up at 8 a.m. and I go to bed at 1 a.m. like you do in Europe. I don't know what the time zone is, what's in the water there, but you stay up that late. You stay up all night, yeah. All night. Get to bed at 3 a.m. and my watch still works, I'm good. Because in California, when I'm normally at home, I wake up at 8 and I go to bed at midnight. So I only really need, what is that, 12 hours? I don't know. No, it's 12. Yeah, it's like 20 hours. Whatever that is, no, because then I would only sleep four hours a day. It's like 18 hours, 16 hours. We can't do... Mo- we're- wow, we're terrible You are literally have a degree in business it's and you eight, can't oh, do so math. It's eight. Okay, so it's eight. It's four plus the 12. Yeah, so it's 16. So yeah, it's 16 I was hours. close and I'm not even know how to... Do, I don't even know how to add. I count, I did the backward. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, so it's like 16 hours. So if it, if it lasts me... And mine already lasts me... From when I wake up to when I go to bed, but it, I don't always, I don't wear it up till midnight. I try, when I get home, I put it on the charger after I work out. So if it lasts me all day at work and then a workout when I get home and maybe a walk after dinner, I'm good. I don't need it to last any longer. I would, I would hope that. But um, wait, before I finish that thought, yes. the only other thing that would be better is if it lasted a week. Yeah. Yeah. If they so, can make a watch last, last a week doing everything that it does. Yeah. I would. I would buy that. I would, because the the earliest smartwatches, the Pebble comes to mind specifically, uh, would last a week on a charge. I had one. I had one of the first Pebbles and it was fantastic. It was a complete game changer for me. But it used an e-ink display and that's why. It's yeah, but if they can figure out a display. way to make the, I, the I, Apple Watch last a week, I don't know how the hell they would do it, but if they could do it with some combination of... Well, remember, Apple is whatever. also the chip maker in this point. So what we've seen from chip makers recently is that you're kind of hitting the once you start hitting the limits of Moore's law where your actual computing power is not going up that much the improvements then come from battery efficiency or power efficiency yeah, and their A13 literally shuts off entire portions of the chip it's the only chip that can do that yeah they're they're pretty far ahead of the game i mean that's part of why the Wear OS watches are so far behind is because Snapdragon just cannot keep up in this form factor Sounds like Google needs to. I don't know if Google wants to be a fab. I don't. Th- I mean, that's not their thing. Hardware I mean, is not their thing. Just like, like Google is all has always been about software, and Apple to an extent has always been about hardware. And so, it's pretty interesting for me to see them kind of dip their toe into places that are outside of their traditional warehouses. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Google made a a really good self-driving car one of these days. They already have, but like a really good one that they, it's like that doesn't need the LiDAR. 
The one they have uses LiDAR. Or they would just make some sort of, you know, the software in like one camera. Yeah, like and then Apple might make the car. License it out. <laughs> Apple might make the car or Elon will make the car. Elon will make, well, I, so I have a story about Elon. I'm glad you bring him up. Did I actually, you meet him? I rode in a Model 3 Uber. What? In Portugal. What? Yeah, I was like, wait, what? Does that say Tesla Model 3 is coming to pick us up? Oh, okay. A couple of notes. It is the Model 3. So you wrote the It is the Model up. 3. Yeah. Uh, the glass roof. Yeah. The whole roof is glass. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's pretty neat. My new car has a sunroof. It is Amazing. pretty comfortable to ride in. It was a pretty comfortable ride. The thing that disappointed me the most is the screen in the dash. Yeah. It is the size of my television. There is no way that the driver cannot be distracted by that. It is literally the only thing on the dash. You have this giant piece of fake walnut or whatever going across you have this big old screen right in the middle. And your speedometer is on there. Your nav is on there. There's a little thing that shows what the cameras around your car are seeing. So, like, you get little outlines of, like, other cars around you. And they're wiggling around and stuff because you're turning and things. It, it seems like a distraction nightmare. And... One of the things we've seen is that car manufacturers are are moving towards these more and more and more, not because it is technologically the correct thing to do in the car, but because it's cheaper to make the car that way. And I think it's setting kind of a dangerous precedent. I mean, it, it, it literally the screen is is uh, the way it's positioned. I'm kind of like showing Greg here. The way it's positioned is that the edge of the screen is right where the edge of the steering wheel is. Hmm. Like this. So it's you can imagine something. It's probably about this size. Imagine something the size of the laptop screen. I've got my hands right here. There's no way that stuff moving around on this screen is not distracting me. Well, the thing about the Model 3, though, is that the way that he they intend for you to drive it is for it to be self-driving. So it's like you're not going to be driving it, theoretically. I don't think we're ready for that yet. Pretty close. We're pretty. We're pretty close, but self-driving, self-driving, self-driving cars have the same problems as regular driving cars. That they're really good when conditions are good. Yeah, for sure. And they're really good in situations that are predictable, but they are hackable. Yeah, I mean, is, people got a Tesla Model Three or whatever. You to can go trick off the, road. the cameras. Yeah, you can trick the cameras, which is like visual cues. So I don't know. I think that that part remains to be seen. Remains to be seen. What other? Wow. Whether the technology things have you seen lately recently what other what other topics should we should we be discussing it's got it's kind of phone season that's kind of what what brought it up i mean september october time frame every year is the most wonderful time of mm. the year they did not announce the 16 inch Mac. they did not that was very interesting which i'm still waiting to see what that is because i had to get a Touch bar and MacBook. We've talked can you, about can it. Can you, if they announce it, are you going to go to the store the next day and be like, I would like one of those, please. And no. I would like you to take this one back. No. You could raise this thing. I mean, you could literally just go in there and be like, I was, uh, I was, I was told. Oh, yeah. By, by, uh, by Apple Care. 
No, they don't tell you that. <laughs> no, you can't. You're not going. You're not no, going to do. They're going to be like you're way beyond your 14 day return policy. Nope. Also, you know what the thing is when when I don't use my keyboard's keyboard, everything else about my MacBook is amazing. I just don't type on it. I when I work from home, I've set myself up to where I have a dock with my ducky and a mouse, and when I go to work, I have my Varmillo which I have an update about is amazing. And I like it a lot. The 10 keyless, same profile as home. Either place that I go, it's the same profile keys. And then when I have to type on its keyboard, like if I'm sitting in the living room watching TV typing, I hate myself. It's a pretty terrible But it doesn't happen very often. I just don't do that. When I go home and if I'm in the living room, I just don't really type. I don't use my computer. And then if I'm in the, in the office working, like if I'm actually going to work from home or work on the weekend, I just use my desk. And when I'm at work, I use my Varmillo. I mean, it's hard to excuse the intended use of the thing yeah, but just I, by saying, watch, oh, I don't use it that way. No, but I'm not trying to excuse it. I'm just saying I have no choice. That's what I had to use. And it's worked out pretty well. The computer's really fast. I quite like it. Still a design flaw. I never said it wasn't. I'm just saying that given the cards that I was dealt, uh, it's fine. I just don't type on it. But I yeah, think, I mean, I I'm avoiding be- a thing. I'm avoiding the laptop part of a laptop. I think it would behoove you to go try to see what they could do for you when the 16 inches is No, they're not going to do anything. They might let you trade it in and they might give you like a th- half the price off on the other one. Or you could just buy the new one and charge back the old one and say they misled you. About the price. Yeah, or I got it like four months ago. Did you get Apple Care? Can't you just do like a? No, they won't do a trade in. They're not going to give you the new one. They you won't. can't just do a return for that price of Apple Care. No, that's not how it works. Apple oh, Care is a okay. warranty, not like a guarantee that they'll return your item. If maybe you could convince them, if the keyboard breaks more than one, more than three times, you might be able to convince them to give you the new one. But that's not likely to happen. And I haven't seen any indication that my new keyboard actually has. Well, it's because you don't type. because you don't type on it. I granted I don't type on it, but I haven't noticed any inclination that it has any issues. And other than that, like the computer's been great I, at home and at work. I have Thunderbolt docks. Uh, I plug two cables in at home because I have three monitors. One cable in at work. Works great. But I just don't use the keyboard. I am also in a similar situation where my work machine. Uh, I am not usually typing on it. And for the most part, it works pretty well. I don't... The the thing for that is that, though, for me, is that it doesn't seem like much of an improved experience over our previous work machines where we had the previous generation. Oh, mine is way faster. Way faster. But I have the 8-core 32-gig one. It's way, 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 way faster. So fast. My work machine... Does not have the eight core, but it does have a significantly newer CPU in but it. It doesn't have thirty two gigs of RAM, only sixteen. What does the RAM have to do when it can install? No, my computer is I have a little um an iTerm three. It has a gigabyte of memory like view on the thing. It's always at twenty six gigs used. Let me be very clear about something. Yeah, what? The amount of RAM that you have installed in your machine does not in fact impact how fast NPM install goes? Probably not how fast NPM install goes, no. But NPM install goes really, really fast on my laptop because of the eight cores. It goes 
a little bit faster on my laptop than our old work machines. It Mine? is not significantly faster. It is not enough to justify the price difference of the two machines, even though I didn't pay for mine. I was a work provider hmm. one, but... Interesting how that works. I don't see it. I don't really... Yeah, but the thing is know. with mine... We might be at peak laptop too. Maybe maybe mm, that's my point. I don't know about that. With mine, it was never it was never the um, the speed at which it would do any single thing that was the problem with my old laptop. It was the fact that I'm always running so many different things. Like I'm working on two yeah, projects right that, now. But that is a RAM limitation though. Yeah, I know, but that was always the problem I had. So and, I, I guess... All right, so that's a good point because my machine... My current work machine also has 16 gigs of RAM in the same way that our old work machines also had 16 gigs of RAM. So I guess mine is a little bit more of an apples to apples Yeah, but if, if all I was doing was opening up uh, Visual Studio Code, NPM installing some stuff and writing some React, I could get it with a lot slower of a computer. But I'm also running uh, Java applications as well, like Maven, all this, and da-da-da-da. And Even Java runs pretty quick. It's... It is faster. Is it twice the price faster? Mine is. Mine is. Is it? Yeah. Is it? It's pretty freaking fast. Is it? Yeah. I use it all the time and I build Docker containers. I'm doing all kinds of stuff on it and it's way faster. It's just the overall, it like nothing really makes it feel like it's taking a performance hit ever. That's the difference. It's like a desktop almost. But it'll, it'll be like all, all new machines when you first get them, especially when they're brand new, are always like that. And then eventually they become, they feel slow. I think part of it is the shiny new thing. Then you reform at them. I was never able to reform at my old work machine. If I could, I bet it would have ran fine. But you anyways. also had a couple of lemons at our old work. You had the ones with the, you had the ones with the recalled NVIDIA GPU. You had the yeah. delimited screen one. Did you have the delimited screen? Was that someone else? Someone, somebody. I think I mine was starting to do the one that had the NVIDIA GPU started to delaminate, and then they gave me a new one. and It was fine. So you had both in the one. In the machine. same computer. Man, that's a lemon. That's a tough. You one. know, I get a lot of lemons in life. That's a tough one. That is a tough one. But anyways, I've I've liked it a lot. Um, as far as other technology, um, I got a intervolometer. For my full for your old son. I also do not know how to pronounce that word, but I know which word it intervalometer. Yeah. Whatever it is. For doing time lapses. For doing time lapses and also bulb shots, which is what I bought it for. Um one of these days, me and my buddy Bill are gonna go camping in either like Anza Borrego or Joshua Tree. Oh man. And we're gonna try to do Astrophotography. Astro. Little Astro that life. Sounds fantastic. So I got that new Sakuri, whatever it's called. Um tripod that is amazing yes we talked about it in the show yeah i'm just summarizing and then i got the intervolometer for it basically it lets you set bulb shots to an exact amount of time yes so you can say bulb for nine seconds bulb for 20 minutes whatever you want you can literally set it it can go up to 999 minutes 99 seconds and 99 milliseconds of no 99 hours 99 minutes 99 seconds of bulb if you wanted to well the sony would explode but that's ridiculous yeah. <laughs> it can do time lapses like it can take a photo every minute for 99 hours if you can somehow keep the sony alive that long it, it kills batteries like crazy let's plug it into external battery yeah it'll charge while it's on that's one of the, the cool features um that's cool i'm uh-huh. glad that that is working out for you i think that in related news sony has 
announced a couple of new cameras. I yeah, think the have, A7 IV. Uh, A7 R. It's either the, it's the R4. R4, and they also announced a, a uh, 6600. 6, so the 6100 and 6600. So 6100 is the spiritual successor to 6000. And the 6600, I don't know if it's actually new hardware compared to the 6500, but it's I heard it, it I has know. some newer stuff and some disadvantages. I don't think it's a new sensor. I I think I read that it it it's got some new things, but it's not it's not like actually like an upgrade over the sixty five hundred. Yeah, th- this is the thing with camera bodies is that they're similar to phones in that new ones come out every year, um, and especially if you're the like sixty five hundred has been out for like four. You bought yours sixty four hundred like- has been out for a long time, but Sony has a very wide product range, so they have a camera coming out every year. It's not it's not every yeah. camera every year. But there's an, there's always an A seven that comes out every year. There's always an A seven, either the S, the R, the plain seven. They also have the A nine series now, so that'll be new ones. The entire six thousand range, the RX range, they have something new coming out all the time, and so that is to be expected. Yeah, so I'm going to do some Astro Life. Um, Other than that, I mean, I haven't had any time for any photography. Uh, I've been working a lot and haven't even had a lot of time to play Destiny, play video games. Are you uh, playing more Destiny now that Shadowkeep is coming up or are you playing less Destiny? I am playing less Destiny overall because I know there's about to be a ton of new content. Um, But I have been... I did a a couple things like... um, they released a patch where they made it easier to get this rocket launcher called the Mountaintop. They lowered the amount of kills you needed to do to get it. It was just like, it was insane to do it before. And then they lowered the requirements and I had already met like halfway through the requirements over the past two seasons. And then I just needed to make it to 2100 again, which was the score that was so hard to get to get recluse that we talked about that one time. Yes. I did that again. I went from 1,000 to 2100 in one day because I got with a group of like three people who were farming it and we got there. We like did pretty good. One of the guys was really good and he kind of carried us a little bit, (laughs) but I was doing okay in the beginning, but he kind of carried us at the end. But either way, I got the mountaintop and then that was like one really long Saturday that I got that or I don't know what day it was. I think it was a Thursday. I stayed up to like 1 a.m. just playing because we kept winning. Oh man, so late. Yeah, well. So late into the evening playing video games. I don't usually stay up. I usually go to bed like around 12, 30 to 1. And then I wake up at like eight, but I don't like staying up till like two, three in the morning. I'm tired all day. You're not a real gamer if you haven't just been like, just one more game. I've done the one more game, but I usually eventually just like, I mean, usually I'll either start a raid or something and then I'll finish that and go to like, whenever there's a good stopping point, I'll go to bed or whatever. So I did that. I got the mountaintop and then. The, the problem with Shadowkeep is they're doing what's called Armor 2.0. And I'm not going to go into it because I know you don't like to go forever on Destiny, but they're doing an armor 2.0 system where you can slot in different mods for armor and you can like change around the mod slots. And there's like, and they did like a different set of perks and stuff for the armor. So they're just basically changing armor next season. That's pretty cool though, because that actually is a simple change that opens up a lot of possibilities for a lot of different things. So that's a, that's a neat thing that they're adding. Shadow keep is going to be dope. You're pretty excited. There's a lot of good games coming out. Dude, They're, they're independent now and they're flexing. Like mad, they are. There is so much crap coming in the next year. I think it's going to be amazing. Yeah, I, the, I think the, this season might be okay. It's going to be better because it's like what one of their yearly releases, so it has more story content. But like next year's release, next year is going to be unbelievable. It's going to be great. It's going to be like two games. Destiny three. They might even make another game. Who knows? They can do whatever the hell they want to now. They might even yeah. make a completely different game. But they're making Destiny three. 
Um, Destiny 2 Shadowkeep comes out October 1st. They're doing New Light, which means you can play for free. So now you can play everything before Shadowkeep oh. for free. Interesting. I don't know if it includes the most recent seasons. You have to look, but you can play everything in the base game in the first three expansions, which you kind of, I think you already bought. You already have all that stuff. But you immediately get bumped to 750, so we could play together if you played. Oh, man. Um, there's a lot of... I mean, they're doing a lot of things that they would never have been able to do. Um, but armor 2.0 is the big thing. So it's like there's no real point in getting armor, but then there was a couple um, pieces of armor that I didn't get from this season's raid. So I've been playing that a little bit, and I got most of it on my Hunter and my Warlock. Both are just missing the helmets which I would like to get before Shadowkeep comes out. Um, my Titan, I don't remember. I think it needs like three pieces. And then I never got Anarchy from the second expansion of last year. What is Anarchy? It's a, it's a grenade launcher that fires um, little grenades that have electricity. And they join together. So if you do like a shot, a shot, a shot, and a triangle, it creates a triangle. And when the mobs walk into it, they explode. Oh, man. It's really cool, and it has a lot of hacks where, like, you can anarchy certain bosses, and because of the way the damage works, it, like, breaks them out of mechanics. It's, like, super buggy. Like, people use it to, like, glitch stuff. Because, oh, man. Um, like, particularly in the most recent raid, one of the bosses gets a shield, and then you kind of have to do another damage phase, but if you hit it with anarchy and then someone melees it, it breaks it out of its shield. There's, like, tons of stuff like that. That sounds borked. Well, I mean, it's just fun. It's just like, I mean, Bungie yeah, like embraces that kind of stuff and they're like, okay, you figured out a gl like a glitch, we'll fix it in like two seasons. But it's not like it really, well, they're getting bigger now about not letting specific things ruin their mechanics. So they're doing a lot of stuff, man. They're removing, um, there's this pair of boots that warlocks have called Lunafaction boots. And when you stand in a well, because warlocks create wells on the ground that heal you or do additional damage, or make you basically invulnerable, like the super well. Um, but that when you're in that well and you're wearing Lunafaction boots, everybody in your party who's on your well doesn't have to reload. Oh, man. I don't know why they think of these things. You can just basically shoot, shoot, shoot grenade launchers and never reload. Because, and you can just go through your whole clip or drum or whatever it would be called. My friend Nate always makes fun of me because I say clip. and It's drum, probably a drum. Uh, you don't even know anything well, about he's guns, a, bro. He's a, he's a gun guy, so... Yeah, he always makes fun of me. They're very sensitive clips. about those terms. He just wants people to be educated about how guns work. So it's not a clip, it's a drum when a grenade, in a grenade it's launcher. a magazine. No, it's not a magazine. It would be a drum. What if it's a magazine? Magazine on a machine. I don't know. I don't want to talk about it. Whatever. Point being, it's broken. So the point is they're doing a bunch of stuff to remove that and they're adding a ton of new content. You get to go back to the moon. The armor looks really cool. The story looks pretty cool. Um, they're doing four seasons this year instead of three um, where one of them is the Shadow Keep season, and they're doing three other ones, but they have less content in each because there's three of them. Shorter four. time, shorter time frames. They're doing one per quarter instead of one per every three months, which should make there be roughly new content more often. Um, and it's cool. I also got Monster Hunter World as a little breather between when now and when Shadow Keep comes out. Playing that, a I played like an hour of it. It's pretty cool. Looks amazing. Yeah. I water-cooled my Titan XP. We talked oh, about man. that. We talked about that a little bit. Yeah. The, that, that's got, that story's got a lot more drama behind it that maybe we don't have time for on the show. But mm -hmm. I agree with you. There are a lot of good games coming out 
the next few months. I just can't wait for Cyberpunk. I mean, Borderlands just came out. Cyberpunk is coming out in one, like a month. I'll get Borderlands later. I don't Borderlands. Know much, I don't have that much desire. To looks play. like it's for me. It's weird just because Borderlands Two is probably one of my favorite games ever. But uh, three, I think I'm gonna wait on. I'm gonna and wait we'll on. See, it. wait on to go on sale. Let me know when you get it, and I'll play with you. Okay. I've never actually played Borderlands with other people. Borderlands 3 is like supposed to be multiplayer. You jump in a game with each other and shoot some bosses. Yeah. Okay. We'll do that. Yeah. That'll be fun. Maybe we'll do it live on this show. Maybe. People will enjoy it. But we'll the crazy thing, that. really quick, is short interlude about the video card. If you water cool your video card, it'll run at night. Like my, mine has 144 hertz, so it's always running at like 99% utilization. It's running at like 50 degrees and it's like silent. It's like a case fan. Yeah, it helps it's a lot. It's surreal. It makes it's a insane. big difference. Your computer is like quiet. My room is no longer hot. The video card is not running at 70, 75 degrees at peak load. And I was able to overclock it. Makes a big difference, folks. By like 100 megahertz on the core and 200 megahertz on the RAM. When people nerd out about that stuff, it sometimes it's actually for a reason. So Yeah, I think, I think NVIDIA GPUs like just like a 10% kick in the butt to run faster. They run like way faster. I don't know what it is. Yeah, I, I think, think that's it, why EVGA is. It so depends popular. on the yeah, so it depends on the actual card uh, card maker too. So uh, EVGA has a pretty good rep for yeah being able to handle overclocking. So it's well, good they to overclock hear that they well. they replace the um the power walls on their cards, and they replace the BIOS with a custom BIOS. Yeah, they do their own BIOS. They have their own stuff, and then they allow their chips to be overclocked higher, and they set the thresholds better, and then they also factory overclock them, pick the best chips. And they're slightly higher voltage, better cooled. I mean, their cards are amazing, but that's why like the the OC versions of their cards run so much better than everybody else's because they're all overclocked from spec. Yeah, they they do a lot with factory overclocking. Yeah, um, I, love I mean, their everybody cards. starts with the same card essentially in the same GPU. Uh, EVGA does some different things that work out well. They're one of the few companies that actually do factory overclock cards, which it not every generation of card benefits equally yeah. from that sort of thing but it seems like that generation that you have yeah uh, the pascal's well, really so. they don't overclock very high but any kick in the butt of 10 percent bump like give it 100 megahertz on the core they just like seem to operate a lot better but they don't over they don't you can't overclock them like a lot but i don't know my next video card will probably be we'll see it'll if be, i do it two video cards no because sli doesn't work very well but if I do build another computer, you can mark my words. It's going to be AMD. AMD. Yep. And it's going to be whichever one of them has the best card in about a year and a half to two years. Potentially another NVIDIA, but it'll be like a 3080 Ti or I mean, whatever. if you're in that top end of the market, AMD on the graphics side is not really well, they're serving coming. you there. They're, they're building some stuff. I mean, unless you're looking at one of the like that Vega series, that like that level, but that's not really going to. No, they work. don't have they don't have anything right now. But they they're building a right seven now. nanometer chip. We'll see. We'll see. I don't oh. know if a first generation product in well, that space in from this. AMD is going to work that well. But it's interesting to see. We are both on record as saying that we are very happy that AMD is again competitive in the CPU space. Well, their new CPUs are insane. Their new CPUs are nuts. I want the 3900X. The amount of power for the little amount of green that it takes to buy them uh, really kind of 
makes you go, Intel, what have you guys been doing over there? I don't know. Why are your products so expensive and yet so much slower than these things well, that are a third to 20% for gaming, of what you're charging? The Intels are still faster, but for you have to get the i9 for $800 to compete to the 3900X, which is which $400. Like, yeah. It's a 12 core, 400 bucks. And in some cases, you've got chips that are $300, $350 that are competing with. It's like my chip. I have an 8086K. Yeah. And like, I'm pretty sure that the 3900X blows my chip away. You'd be very hard pressed to make the case that even in our personal machines, you would need to spend more than $400 on a CPU. Probably not. I mean, You'd mine be was very hard pressed. Mine to make was three fifty, and I don't think I need a faster chip than the eighty seven hundred K that I had. And I won the eighty eighty six K in their like thing that they had. I don't know. I signed up for it, and I won. So I got an eighty eighty six K. It was the first thing I've ever won in my life. Um, but my next computer, I'm probably gonna get the Hydrocopper EVGA thirty eighty Ti. Do they do those color. every year? Yeah, they make they make mm. their own custom water block kit that they warranty, even yeah, if it gets cause it's wet because fa- it's factory installed. Yeah, even if it gets wet, unless they can, I don't even think they like really fight with you unless they can prove that you were like dumb. If you plug pipes into the card and you seal them correctly, and it leaks, the hydrocopper kit leaks. They will cover it because it's a factory installed copper plate. Yeah, and they make it themselves. And they make it themselves, and they put it on their video cards. It's warranted. Oh my god! If I do, stuff. if I do a, a full loop, it's going to be the Hydrocopper EVGA with the thirty nine hundred, whatever the new equivalent of the thirty nine hundred X is, with maybe even the same RAM. I don't think I even need new RAM, and whatever the motherboard that I need to run the AMD card, and a bigger case. Because I'm going to do, I'm probably oh, going to do a custom case. loop. There's a there's a case that I want you to take a look at. Um, oh, we're talking two years from now. We'll see what's happening. We'll, we'll see what's happening. Okay, there's always good cases. There are right so many good cases. Right now, I have an I have an EVGA AIO on my processor, and I have an EVGA AIO on my graphics card because I got the 1080 Ti water cooling kit when they were going out of when they were like clearancing them, and I held on to it for a year and I didn't install it. And then I finally installed it, and it's amazing. Yeah, but it's weird to have like weird tubes in my computer. They're not connected. It doesn't to each look other. as cool. It doesn't look cool. It doesn't look cool, but you know what? It works. You think we'll have AK monitors by then? Um, I think there will probably be AK monitors, or at least six K. It'll be the very. Er- I feel like it'll be the very early will, stages of AK. There will be AK monitors. They'll be but stupid I, expensive though. The six K monitors will probably be good by then. Maybe. I feel like we're going to skip 6K. Have you seen, is there a 6K, how many 6K monitors are there out there right now that I can buy right now? Regardless of how much they ever like, that I can buy right now. We're in the, in None, the point I mean, of the product There's only cycle. 5Ks. Yeah, if we were going to do 6K. There's only one there 6K be, monitor that's actually potentially going to be used a lot. And that's the Apple Pro Display. Yeah, th- I mean. But that's only a very specialized use case for editors who need that level of. I don't understand Quality. why they didn't just make it 8K. They could have done it. And the way the math works out, like 4K is four times 1080p. Like everything is four times the next thing, right? Yeah. 5K is four times 720. That's where it came from. Just 8K like 1440. Yeah. So 8K is two, two times 4K. Or 
for sure it's two times 4K because it's 8,000 pixels when it would be 4,000. Yeah. 4K. So like the way that... Well, 4K the, is 380 by... The 20, way the math works out. So like, what is 6K? Like 6K doesn't... There's no such thing as 6K. It's not four times anything. I think there's some scale factor where you can view 8K video on it or you can view two 4K side by side. There's some weird scale factor where it makes sense. Maybe um, it's like a, one of those ultra-wide... 20, 21 by 9 ratio. They, they or did a weird else. ratio on the Apple display, but it's 6K by some weird what width so that you can do two 4K streams next to each other, which is actually more popular because even if someone's so it's editing two by an one. 8K stream, they're viewing it at 4K. Yeah. And they send it to the render farm and then it renders it at 8K and then yeah. brings it back down to 4. So, like, there's no real point in doing an 8K raw screen, apparently. I don't know. I'm just making this up. 8K is what I want. 8K I don't want 8K because you know what? My. Titan XP is really, really, really fast. And it barely runs Destiny, which is a very highly tuned game on 1440, 144, and 4K 60. But those two things drive each other, though. The increased resolution in the monitors forces NVIDIA and AMD to make more powerful GPUs. And then we buy more powerful GPUs and we're like, oh, we have headroom. Let's buy bigger more but you, dense monitors. But I am a firm believer in 144 hertz, and I don't think I'm going to get... I don't think I'm even going to get 4K at 144 for another three years. Yeah, I don't know about that. I, I, bet, I, bet, I bet next year's cards... I bet NVIDIA will make a... probably a prosumer-level gaming GPU next year that will run 4K at 144. It'll be like a $6,000 card, but it'll, they'll have a card a that will do card. that. But I mean, it would be nice. I remember when I, I have a 4K monitor and it has 60 hertz with FreeSync. So I used to run Destiny on 4K 60 hertz FreeSync and it was pretty good. It looked really beautiful. Like you can tell that it's 4K and it looks great. My Titan can do it, but it doesn't do it with the high frame rates. I mean, my thing is running a 99% usage to run 150. My monitor overclocks to 152, and it, it like, just playing Destiny at 152, it usually is running at actually, like, 110 to 120 FPS, and it's using 99% of the GPU. We haven't hit peak GPU yet, though. I mean, those GPUs are super freaking nuts. We haven't hit G peak GPU yet. Though. No, we haven't, but so, they are nuts. Like, we've, we've hit peak, peak phone. We've probably hit peak laptop. No, nah, I don't think so. I'm pretty sure we've hit peak CPU. I think laptops can still. We haven't come close to peak GPU yet. Laptops need, laptops still need better battery tech so that they can last longer and they need better heat dissipation or less heat from seven nanometer chips. And then I think we've hit peak. When they have seven nanometer AMDs with a seven nanometer graphics card, in a laptop. In a laptop with Max-Q NVIDIA design, even though you, well, you can do, do they have Max-Q? They have Max-Q AMDs. It has to do with the video card. Yeah. Whatever. If you have that Max-Q type design with a thin design, better cooling, adaptive processing on the video card with seven nanometer dual chips like graphics and processor, yeah, you'll have hit peak laptop for sure. I want, I want just a row of USB-Cs all the way down. And I want that to double as the speaker grills. I don't know why you want that many USB-Cs. Like, I don't want to plug that many cables into my computer. I want my computer to have one. I want USB 4, C4. 
C4. Oh, man, C4 would be a great USB name. I want that's USB. Like, take, well, the, the 4 spec is actually more about bringing Thunderbolt and the USB-C spec closer in line together. Oh, well, then I want whatever the next one that makes Thunderbolt 40 gigabits instead of 20. Because when you do that and you can run, if you could run three monitors, right now you can run two 4K monitors off the current A single Thunderbolt, Thunderbolt, single cable. Yes. If you could run three or four screens off of a single cable, single cable, you've hit peak USB usage. I think that I don't mind having all USBs, but the fact that you're using one for power changes the math of how you use them. So I am okay with having USBs. I don't want everything to have to be dongleized. So let's assume a world where everything we're plugging into the computer is also natively USB-C. I want to be able to individually plug things into USB-C or not. I want the option. So it, this should just be peppered. But what do you even have that many ports. things? Like There should be at least six. Well, there's no... Okay, I agree there with you. There's no reason six. not to have more. I there's no reason that. not to have more. But and I just I'm don't know of, what you would do with them. And the limitation on the Max only having four has actually to do with the chipset. Innovate, bro. That's Intel. Intel makes the chipset. There's only four PCI put Express that, lanes. Put that A27,000 Bionic bad boy in there and innovate, bro. Show me. <laughs> Show me those innovate muscles. Well, Thunderbolt is an Intel tech, but Thunderbolt and the MacBook Pro, I learned this when I was dealing with my three-monitor setup at home. There's only two Thunderbolt, like, whatever, 8X yeah. controllers in those MacBooks. So you can actually only run one high-powered device on each side of the computer. Yep. That's why they can't do three because they would just be they would basically be USB twos, or well threes. But so then put four, put two they on each side have and a, have eight have eight ports. That would be perfect. That's what I want. But they can't put more controllers without changing the Intel chips. That's the thing. Innovate, bro. I'm okay, whatever. But sounds like those Intel chips are holding you back. Come on, Timmy, let's go. Well, let's but go, the thing man. Is the A thirteen X Bionic new chip. I don't know if it'd be fast enough to run. They're getting close though. A pro. They they're were. on. They're on their way. I think that. I mean, that's that's the goal. That Tim Cook goes to bed at night dreaming about the day he can sell a five dollar chip for five hundred dollars. That he doesn't have to buy anything from anyone. Yeah. Right. The progress that they've made in their SOCs so far in the limited applications that they've been using them in has been very impressive. There's a big jump from putting cat ears on a picture of your face on this and uploading to Instagram and running the kind of workloads that we run on our laptops. Dude, you can totally... But they're on my their way. phone, you could run... Way, you could run VS Code on my phone and you could build NPM packages. Can you run Java? You probably could run Java. My phone probably Docker? is running Java. Can you run Docker? Probably. You can build Docker containers on your phone? Well, then you have to deal with ARM, but if you got past that, maybe... If you could virtualize ARM on the hypervisor, you might be able to run Docker on my phone. Is it going to run as fast as your laptop? You Maybe. Who knows? Well, but the other thing is this thing is running off battery. It's running in low power mode half the time. Imagine if they put... If you just plug it... Oh, if you just plug it in, though. Imagine if they made an A15 the size of the die of an, of an Intel chip and just packed it full of cores. Why haven't they? And then they removed the GPU cores because they don't even need them. And that's, they just tripled up on... That's what Timmy wants. Triple up on uh, compute cores. That's what Timothy wants. Well, they probably would leave the GPUs in there for computer vision, and but yeah, they could they could basically imagine if remember you remember do you remember the Pentium twos? 
That was a little bit before I was into it. Man, you're so young. They were the size of my phone. Oh yeah, they're gigantic. And the new uh, it's funny you mentioned. It was that a Nintendo cartridge. The new we've going we're going back that direction because the new uh high end workstation AMD chips are, are the size of my hand. Like, like I remember, flat or they're tall like a cartridge? No, they're like well, they're they're still like CPU size, but they're enormous. They're like this big. Yeah. We're we're used to CPUs being like kind of like Slightly larger you're than like a post doing stamps. a RAM stick. No, hands. like... Oh, you're doing the corner to corner. I thought you were doing like the... Okay, yeah, that's weird. You should just do it like this. But <laughs> I remember they were uh, announcing the new chip, and I thought the CEO was holding up a phone because yeah. the, the picture was like far away. No, they were holding up an actual production sample of a CPU, and it looked like me holding up my phone. It was that big. How do they even cool that? I don't know. It's got to have like some crazy hotspotting in the middle of it where well, like wherever those cores touch on the corners, like there's some area where it doesn't conduct correctly. Like, because underneath that metal hood, they have CPU goo and flat chips just like they just like they do yeah, on the outside. A, there's a ton of flat chips in there and it's pretty, it's pretty spectacular. I think I would love to see what one of those could do. One of the things. I think How many cores the, did it have? I think it was one of the 32 core ones. Because they have like a 64 core. In their labs. It might have been the 64 core. Well, no, it was it was the 30, 32. 32 core, 64 thread. That's insane. That's so many threads. Yeah. And the thing is, with that um, kind of setup, you can, you can, I think you could hypothetically run over a gig, uh, over a terabyte of RAM. That's insane. Of RAM. Insanity. You could run your entire Don't you get operating like- system in RAM. Yeah. Every time you could load up your OS in RAM every time you turn on your computer. I mean, isn't that what an NVMe drive is How basically? Dumb fast would that be? Oh my goodness. I mean, isn't that what a almost what an SSD like the NVMe Samsung? It's close. It's close. The RAM controller is a little bit higher up the food chain. Yeah, it's a little bit closer. You also turn to your metal. computer off and your OS goes away. That's true, but you could always have a thing that just writes everything back in that when you yeah, but then you're, you're you could have an NBA an NBME that's kind of like a like a, a fast cache. cache, a stupid fast cache. True, you could use like a terabyte. You could use like 512 gigs of your RAM as just a fast cache for the SSD. Yeah, you could do I, that. I've seen uh, people who do a lot of illustration and like Photoshop work. They'll run an entire scratch disk in RAM, so that they'll it'll it'll buffer all of their like undos. And their and their layers or whatever it'll let it'll instead of swapping that to yeah, this because usually turn the computer those off, you don't really need those well usually those uh those the buffer sizes for those are very large we're talking gigs so you usually have to swap it to disk mm-hmm. and that procedure is very slow but if you have 128 gigs of RAM or something you could set aside 30 gigs just for that swap disk and it's stupid fast and it actually makes a tangible difference on how fast you can do your work wow. so like it's funny for us to like joke about like oh man that's so much ram bro like what are you gonna do with that but when you really break it down the reason for these things being important and the reason for us talking about them and nerding out about them is that they enable people to do their jobs they enable people to work faster to build bigger faster stronger things i think that's important i think it's, it's important to keep that keep that in mind keep that perspective of these things allow us to do things that we couldn't do before yeah i've always wanted to build a server at my house i had this idea of like building 
a distributed network for Docker where like I could tell like uh, like a, a computer. I mean, I could probably build this, but like a computer at my house that has like 64 gigs of RAM, not like a, not like a Mac, just like a Linux computer with 64 gigs of RAM, like a terabyte SSD or two and whatever, like a 12 core AMD processor or whatever. It literally just runs headless Ubuntu with Docker on it. And then I can send containers to it to run, which you can do already. That's not that hard to do. But I wanted to somehow link it so that I could do Docker volume mounts and I could use it like it, they're actually running on my, my laptop. Like somehow do some networking magic so I could do like live reloading. And you want it to be like a, a local like you would have remote to have, host machine. Yeah, and I can just run workloads on it. So like instead of turning off, like I had this idea back in the day when I was doing AEM, instead of turning AEM off, I would just run it on the cluster. And, and then when sync it, into it when you need it. Whenever I change the files mm. on my computer, it would just tell it to change its files. Like you would mount a NAS drive or like a faster NAS drive, whatever the equivalent of like a not slow network connection to it or like maybe maybe a Thunderbolt 3 connection to it or two where you could create like a volume link between that computer, like a terabyte of its space and your Mac. And then it would essentially mount like a Thunderbolt 3 20 gigabit a second. Yeah, you'd dual want you drive want, situation. Yeah, you'd want like a like a smart network. You'd have to build up a whole networking networking layer. Yeah, that's why I didn't do it. With that, but you could totally do that. But and that would actually be amazing. It'd be your own ah personal virtual well, local remote build machine. That'd be amazing. That'd yeah. be so fantastic. You and you could set it up to where you can access it remotely. So yeah. if you were on the other side of the world, you could, I could just, just tell it to do SSH stuff. Into it like maybe I wouldn't be able to like do the difference is like I could probably figure out how to make a like my Windows computer run workloads for me and give me the results. Like if I was doing analytics or something, but I want to be able to make I wanted to be able to make it so that if I edited a file in AEM, it would do live reload on it as instantaneously as if it was running on my on my own computer. Yeah, that the, the networking is going to be the bottom. That's the hard that. part. That's, That's why I didn't part. do it. But I was like thinking, if you made a custom USB C controller, and then you somehow were able to mount a logical volume on it, it doesn't even have to be like as much space as your laptop has. It could just be like a two hundred fifty six gig or two hundred fifty gig swap drive on that both computers can share, which you can only really do with NASs. But yeah. like somehow a custom USB-C NAS drive controller to where the, the NAS, the actual drive is an NVMe plugged into the Ubuntu computer. But then somehow my laptop can mount through USB-C to a virtual file system on that and then share files. You could, you could set up uh, like 10 gigabit Ethernet too. That's not fast like, enough. I'm talking 20 gigs bi-directional USB-C. You could set that up. You could Thunderbolt. You could, network there are ways to do this that's what i want it do. takes a lot of actually very specialized hardware to do it but you could totally do that but that's you what i want to do i've seen where have i seen this i've seen people getting 40 gigabit full throughput to a bunch of machines on a local network to like seven or eight different machines all at the same time on a local network i feel like if i had a 40 gigabit always on not i'm talking always like thunderbolt on, yeah. is always on it's bi-directional always on not like I can initiate a TCP connection at 40 gigs a second. Not that, because that is latency. I want like a bi-directional constant 40 gigabit 
even if it was bi-directional two-way Thunderbolt, it took up two ports on my laptop, it'd be fine. Well, we talked about it. It could be dongalicious. It'd be dongalicious. But basically, I want to be able to send workloads to it, but then it's like the Docker Compose or Docker command that's on my computer is literally forwarded to that computer. Yeah. And then everything is transparent. That'd be cool. I could just like, I could just turn jobs on, unplug my laptop. They would keep running. And then somehow it would have to unmount the volume. You could also, you could have that machine pull double duty and have it be a NAS as well. I don't need that. I just wanted to do, like what I was thinking about. I mean, you could like, if you just had one big old computer case. I don't need, everybody always talks about, I don't need hard drive space. We talked about this a while ago on the pod. Like if I were to get like a Synology, I would only do like the minimum amount of drives I would need to do to make it redundant. And I only need like two gigs of space. I just, I. I don't need space. Game sauce words. I don't need it. My laptop has a terabyte of hard drive space. I'm Game pretty sure I'm words. using like 60 gigs of it. Let's see. My laptop's right here. How much space do you think it has? Let's do a talk. Let's do a theory. How much space do you think is used? Used? I'm going to say 86. 86. Uh, where, the hell, where the heck is this in the 86 disk? gigs. Disk utility? No, just go up to about. I should tell you, right? Probably. I don't know. How. I never looked. Storage. 828.43 gigabytes of one terabyte available. So I don't need space. I've had this computer for two months now. Storage always grow, always gets bigger. Using 180-ish. 172-point-whatever. Is that what I said? No, I said like 80-something. You said 80. Definitely not using 80. But it's not using that much. And most of that is the gray type, which is like OS swap space. I don't have a lot of space. You need swap. I don't need space Some, on my sometimes computer. Sometimes you need swap. The swap takes up space. It's like extra RAM. Well, I don't know. So we started this by saying... We were talking about phones. No, we, we started this by saying, let's do a quick talk about the phones. And then we ended up doing a hardware episode. Yeah. It's all kind of fun stuff. It's all stuff that we think about and are involved with. Uh, it is that time of year. So it, it was Apple event. Did you order any Apple devices? No. Well, I didn't even watch it. Honestly, it was I a think very poor. Pers- it was, was boring. Bad, it I was read that it was boring. Like, yeah, there was an article in the New York Times. And granted, the New York Times have had it out for Apple for the last like year or so. But there's an article in the New York Times that they were like, "Yeah, they should stop doing these. There's no point in doing these anymore." They kind of should have. They should have just released the commercials and be like, "Oh, the new iPhone's out." There was nothing really. The only thing that I found interesting was the don't care about the services, don't care about the TV, don't care about Apple Arcade. Then they got to the phone. Camera's pretty cool, but every year the camera's cool, whatever. It is nice because I do actually only take my phone with me when I, well, now that I have the A6500, I'm going to take both. Yeah. But I really like the combo of having a small um, mirrorless camera, like the A6500, and my phone. And that's all I'm going to bring with me when I travel. It's a good combo. So it's nice. I do use the phone camera a lot. Um, I don't know what that does for Moment. I have no idea how if I'm ever going to be able to use Moment again. Depends. Because remember, they used to have the the mounts for the cameras were like right above the lenses. Oh yeah. Well, no, they put out they've put out their cases for the elevens already. Oh, but the eleven only has two lenses. I don't know about the. I don't know if they have an eleven. I didn't look that closely. The eleven has the weird back too. I don't know if they're gonna do one for the 
uh, 11 Pros. Well, it's supposed to be a pro-level camera for people that no appreciate idea. photography. I have no idea. Anyways. So um, I guess it's time to go back, go to Pixel. I don't know. No, I got the, I have the Apple upgrade program. So there's really no, because I already spend so much money per month on my phone because of the the upgrade thing. There's really no reason for me not to get the new phone because it's like a hundred bucks in tax or whatever. And then like I pay the same amount of money per month and I have a new phone. So I got the new phone, the Pro Max, which is the worst name ever. Um, mostly for the camera. I don't know. Uh, and mine has a scratch on the screen that I want to get rid of. Oh, no. Got to buy a brand new $1,000 phone because you have a scratch on your screen. Well, they're taking this one back. Someone's going to use it. They're going to recycle it or give it to somebody else. And then we we're talking about the watch. I have the Series 2. So I got the Series 5 watch with cellular. Yeah, and I don't I don't like... I think that's the only watch I'm going to get for the next... I mean, I've had this one for three years. And I had the, or no, two years. And I had the Series Zero before that for three years. Yeah, I, I have gotten, um, I think I've changed a little bit on the smart watches in that, um, let me tell you a story. So I went on vacation. Yeah. And me like a genius, I forgot the charger for my watch. Did I go buy one? No, it's a proprietary charger. So you can't buy it. Uh, so the so entire I time went, you're gone, you had no watch. Uh, I had a watch for two days. And the entire rest of the time, I did not have a watch. And it was perfectly fine. For fitness, man, you're losing all those steps. The only, I had my phone with me the whole time. Not the same steps as the watch. I had my phone with me the whole Dude, time. Dude, when I was in, when the I was The only thing that I missed yeah. about having my watch mm-hmm. was being able to go, it's three o'clock. That was literally the only thing that I you missed. You know what's funny? I don't even use my watch to tell time. Barely. I think that's... As I get older, I think that having fewer devices, just because like, as a general idea of man, you're trying maybe old. having fewer devices is okay. You're getting old, man. I think that the next watch that I buy will probably be just a regular like oh, you're gonna mark arm in it. You're gonna mark arm in it. Is that is that a thing that he's doing? Oh, he's so into no, he's like super into mechanical watches. He won't use the Apple Watch because it doesn't have an always on screen, and he's a watch guy. Well, some people are watch guys. He's a mechanical I, watch I guy. can appreciate watches. I am not a watch guy in the same way that I'm, you know, other hobbies, but I can appreciate them. And I think that spending the $400, $500 I would spend on a smartwatch would go further in a mechanical watch that could probably last you the rest of your life. Well, he was talking about these watches on, on ATP and he was like, because someone asked him like in one of the ask ATP questions like about mechanic, because he always talks about mechanical watches, but he never talks about like, because he has a lot of money because he, he's rich. So he well, never talks about like what watches he buys because he doesn't like to talk about Yeah, he's like, oh, you know, I just has. spent $2,000 on this whatever. Yeah, he never or whatever. says that. But he was explaining like, the movements for like, they were talking about it for like 20 yeah. or 30 minutes. He was yeah. explaining the movements and how for like a $2,000 watch range, you can get the movements to be fairly uniform or whatever. And, and blah, then blah, the blah. complications of the chronographs and like, he was talking about all this stuff and I'm like day dates and like all kinds of no, watch he, bands and all kinds of things. Mostly just talked about the movements. Cause that was the biggest reason was how accurate the movements are and whether or not you need to wind them up or whether or not they lose time like over time. Yes, yes. That the was the only reason why. And I'm like, why do I need that? Because like I have an Apple Watch that's always right. It always knows what time it is and it's not wrong. But guess guess when it doesn't know what time it is. When, when it, it has when no it battery? battery. Yeah, but I don't care because it doesn't happen to me. 
like, if it runs out of battery, I just, dude, you know me. I don't even care what, I don't even know what time it is. I don't even know what day it is. I want fewer things to charge. I just don't care I've about been, time. I've been saying that for a long time. I want fewer things to charge. I, I charge like when I travel. I prefer to not have to charge my headphones. I pref- I'm starting to prefer not to have to charge my watch. I, this is my hot take is I think that wireless charging technology has not gone far enough for that. I can just have like a table, like my desk at work, all, all offices should have desks to where the entire surface is a wireless charging surface. And every single laptop on the planet earth, the entire bottom side of that laptop should be a wireless charging surface. And so the second that I put this down on a table should be charging. Why has that not happened yet? Why is this not a thing that exists? If I put my phone down on this table, that should be charging. That means, but the, the Apple tried to do that with the charging pad thing and it, it caught on fire. You yeah, can't. and then a bunch of people in China were like, okay, we already built this thing. Well, I guess we'll just sell them on Amazon now. And there are charging pads that are size of the, the maxi pad that- Yeah, but the thing about the Apple out. one is that it could charge no matter where you put it on the pad. It wasn't like there was these spots. So the ones on Amazon, they have like a spot for you to put your phone, a spot for you to put Other your Other people have said that they've been able to do it. So I don't know. I, I don't actually know. But you get what I'm saying though, right? Like the promise of wireless charging technology was that we are no longer tethered to the wires. I want like geothermal or I want some kind of charging where my phone just charges no matter where it is in the you world. You want over the air. Yeah. Until we have that, I don't want to put they it They're literally, I... I I'm pretty sure I tweeted about this a couple of times. Uh, there are literally people at MIT who are working on this. Yeah. They ha- and they're pro- it's actually a harder problem because the getting the current to move through the air between two things is not hard. It's keeping it, keeping it's keeping it from boiling your eyeballs out of your head. Well, it's also the amperage. It's like, the hard part. The, the amperage is the hard part. It loses because they did Tesla tried to do this. Nikola Tesla tried to do this. It loses power the farther that it goes at yeah. a very exponential rate yeah so they were um their setup was that they had this room about the size of this room and they had i guess coils not coils but it's you know like what a I'm reverse Faraday all the way cage. yeah all the way through the walls and then they had like basically a stripper pole in the middle i think i saw this study. and the power went out from the, the poles pole. to the walls yeah and so they had like couches and stuff and people were just sitting around there on their phones and they're charging while they're sitting there, but it requires this apparatus around them. But what I'm saying is that like this, that seems like the logical conclusion to me. I feel like making it less necessary to, all right, let me put this over here. Let me plug this thing in. Let me make sure I don't use this. Like having, there should be this ambience of charging that goes on all the time. um, It's called (laughs) ambiance. It should be in the, it should be a charging should be a background process. I think that there's a combination of making devices so insanely power efficient that they can just sip power from the world would be really cool. But I think the amount of a potential energy in the air is like very, very low. It's like a millivolt per second. Yeah, it's not that that's um, that's the thing with like solar panels too. Solar panels are extremely inefficient. So when people are like, oh, you should just put solar panels on the roof of your car and power your car, it's like, no. No, we'll it's not car. nearly enough. It might power the lights in your car. Your it might power the blinker at it, the one light for the for the fifteen seconds that you're there. Maybe it might. One thing it that's might. insane about char- cars with batteries that I didn't realize is like those batteries are insane, like yeah, insanely nuts. big and insanely insanely huge and very complicated. Yeah. So I guess we can go into picks, right? You know, close. it's time to do the picks. Do you want to do, do the, the picks? picks? Not really, but... Do the picks. Give us so, your pick. 
since we'll be talking about like cars, technology, whatever, um, I had a Volkswagen Golf and it was a problem in a lot of ways. To it was it your particular instance. Yes, my particular instance of car. Of the car of the Volkswagen Golf class. Was not a very good car. It was not. It was malformed. It was getting a D in life. Oh, um, it was not good. So I traded it in for a lease on a car because I didn't want to buy another car. Um, I just wanted to be more free and be able to get a different car in a few years. So I got a Honda Accord Hybrid, which cost less money per month than my old car. So I'm actually saving money, which is amazing. But the cool thing about it is it's a hybrid. And I didn't realize, like, I got it because I was like, ah, well, you know, if I drive, I drive from Los Feliz to like Santa Monica and I, I needed to spend a little bit less on gas and I wanted a more comfortable car that... I wasn't worried it was going to break every second. So I got it. But I didn't realize like hybrid cars have like a pretty big battery in them, right? Yes. It only goes like if you charge it while driving downhill. Like I'm fairly certain that driving it downhill, when you drive downhill, it's constantly resisting going down the hill with the brakes and the brakes charge the battery, right? So by the time I'm on the 405 going down the hill to the other, to the valley. And by the time I'm at the bottom of the hill, the battery's fully charged. Then I go around the bend and I drive on the 101. Three miles in, the battery is to charge. Yeah. It takes a lot of power to power to a, car. a car. It's a lot of freaking power. And I don't know how big the battery in the car is. I didn't even look because I just, you know, just wanted a hybrid car and whatever. And it gets like 600 miles on a gas tank, which is crazy. That's a, unbelievable. It's insane. I drove for, I drove two weeks after I got it, before I got gas. And it has a 12 gallon tank. And it was like, it was like 580 miles. That's and then the second tank, it went from, like 580 miles to a thousand miles because I've, I've driven it a thousand miles in the three weeks that I've had it. You could probably get more miles if you drive it more efficiently too, right? I was driving. No, I'm driving efficiently. I've it, something about like, cause my old car was like a golf cart and then the new car is like a tank. It's like, from my a opinion, it's boat. like a boat. It's yeah. like a huge boat. It really isn't, but it, it's a lot bigger than I'm used to. It just makes you drive slower. Yeah. You relax. It doesn't, it doesn't uh, not as twitchy it doesn't relax you don't have to it doesn't keep your senses kind of on edge yeah the golf i always felt like i was like in a race car which was fun i love driving it it was turbocharged it was good it was nice to drive just you know whatever but um it has car play it has car play it has an auto follow like um a, like it has the hondas most new hondas have this thing called honda sensing where like even the civic has it i think where um it will follow the car in front of you and adapt the cruise control. It'll keep the safe distance, right? No, you know it's interesting because it'll try to keep the safe distance. It has a radar, and like if you're going around a bend and there's another car in front of you in the other lane, it starts to slow down because that car is there. Oh, because it, it can't of, tell because of the curvature. I don't know why it has a camera. It has a camera too. Stuff is hard, man. They don't have good tech where like they use a combination of the camera and the radar to know that the other car's in the other lane and you're in your lane. I don't know why they didn't write the technology that way. So it like sometimes thinks it needs to slow down. It's very aggressive about slowing down when cars move in. Like it doesn't realize that someone's merging in front of you until they're like literally right in front of your car. And then it's like, whoa, slow down. Yeah. But it has a camera that can recognize the speed distance. This It finds the speed limit. Can it though? This sounds like, so this to me sounds like a job for integration testing. Maybe because I don't think they integrated the, the two things. So that's what I'm saying. You have yeah. a camera that can see things. Yeah. And you have a processing unit that can calculate things. Yeah. But them talking to each other, you have to test that part too. 
just because you have the two individual parts does not mean that you're going to be able to see and calculate things the same way a human brain does. Well, I don't think that they have the right algorithms to determine, like, that's a car there. I should, even if it's not certain, if you're in the auto follow mode, because it can even follow lanes. Like, it, it yeah. has the, the camera stays. As long stays, as they're, like, clear and easy to read. As long as they're clear, read. which LA yeah. lanes are not. But, you know, it can stay within the lanes and drive mostly on straight roads that have clear lanes. Like, when I was in San Diego, I did a pretty good job because they had better roads. When I'm in LA, like sometimes it tries to like, you know, like on the freeways here, like sometimes there'll be like a concrete section that kind of veers off because they made the road bigger and this side's black. It tries yeah. to like follow the concrete part instead. And you're like, oh my God, guy. But um, it's funny because it's like one fifteenth or like, no, like one, it's like 15% self-driving because it can stay in the lanes and follow a distance, a speed distance. That's such a, terrible way of measuring but it's, it's a like very something. low percentage of self-driving right. but the point is like it starts to make you realize that cars can be self-driving because it's like just inkling in that direction where like i'm on the freeway i don't not pay like i can't like do what people with teslas do where they like Fall are on asleep. the computer and shit or asleep like you can't or eating food you can't do that but i can take my foot off the gas pedal and be fairly certain that if the cars in front of me slow down it will slow down and it keeps a very liberal distance. And the radar does work pretty well, but it's very directional. Yeah. So it's pretty fun. Like I can drive on the 405 uh, or the 10 and like just kind of follow traffic and my like drive to work has become less stressful because I'm not like dealing with the stop and go traffic. I kind of just get in, set it to 25 miles per hour and then it just follows and that's, slows down. That's pretty amazing. It that's is actually, pretty cool. That's pretty cool. For someone um, as someone who has not bought a car in a very long time, that actually sounds very, very cool. So I don't know if you'd be able to park it in your garage. It's very, very big. It's like a boat. There's somebody who drives an escalade that lives in my building. So that's a lot harder. I've had to I've had very much adapting. Like even though it has a reverse camera, it has like a lot of features my old car didn't have. It has a backup camera, it has a sunroof, it has CarPlay. CarPlay is amazing, although it like resets sometimes. But I think that's because I have iOS 13. Um but like I can now list like show ways on the screen and listen to Joe Rogan experience. Like I listen to the at the same time. At the same time and the screen, it's all on the screen. Um you can talk instead of like my car having like a crappy voice assistant, it's Siri, which yeah. is better than the crappy car assistant. <laughs> it's better than the crappy one. But you can just like push the button and then Siri picks up. It's a Spider-Man meme. Yeah. I don't know. It's pretty cool. I I like it a lot. Uh, I just wish it was. I wish they made it a, a like a Civic Hybrid, smaller. They don't. They used to. Oh. They make the Insight Hybrid, but it, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They have like other models that are not Civics that are would be essentially the yeah. Civic the hybrid. Insight is essentially a Civic Hybrid, but the nice thing about the Accord is it has a two hundred horsepower gas engine. It's like a family car. It's a it's a typical it's a hundred accord. People know what a hundred. Yeah, I feel is. Really, really like I'm like a grandpa now. People have made fun of me, but I don't care. When I get it, I feel like I'm like actually driving something fun. Well, not fun, but I'm driving something that doesn't stress me out like it's gonna break. That's pretty cool. That goes along with our theme today of technology making our lives better. So that's a fantastic pick. We'll have a link. I'll have a link to the show notes. What year? <laughs> 2019? Uh, I don't even know. I think it's a 28, 19, 18. I don't know. I don't care. It's a hybrid. I don't We'll, we'll have a link. We'll I, have a almost link got a, I almost got a Prius, but then I was like, I'll be like every oh, Prius geez. driver in the world. Oh, jeez. Yeah. I'm happy that you got the other one. My pick is also sort of car related and sort of technology related. Did you get a new car? I, I did not get a new car. 
I didn't did. buy a car while you were in Portugal? No, I did not buy a car while I was in Portugal. You didn't get a nice Skoda? No, they have uh, Renaults. Oh, yeah. Renault. Skodas are a lot wagons. of Renault, a lot of Skoda, uh, a lot of. They make a really Peugeot. nice Skoda that is actually a golf in Europe. A lot of VWs. Yeah. There were a lot of, uh, I saw a lot of rebranded golfs. Yeah. They make like, there's a nice sleeker, like rabbit golf yep. that they have there that's really cool looking. Yeah. There are a lot of, so there's a lot of Renault, a lot of Peugeot, a lot of I have uh, a Peugeot. Not, not Skodas, but Seat. I have a, a lot of seat. Yeah. I have a Peugeot uh, um, peppercorn grinder in my house. They make them? I don't know. I have one. Uh, <laughs> almost every single taxi cab I saw was a Mercedes Benz. Yeah. Which is a very odd. The only reason I bring that up is because that, as an American, that's a very odd thing to say. Well, there see. are economy cars there. But there are economy cars there. Yeah. They're here, they're the luxury. They're, here, they're, they're luxury cars. They're, they're economy. It's, it's very strange. Yeah. Um, the. Police cars, almost entirely, every single police car I saw was a BMW. That's interesting. Which, again, very odd thing to see as an American. Uh, that was interesting. It was interesting to see the, the mix of cars that they had over there. Uh, not, I didn't see a single American car aside from that Tesla the entire time I was there. Is Tesla really American? Tesla's probably the most American car company you can come up with right now. I was going to say f- like Ford, but you're probably right, actually. Aren't they all made here? and Actually made in America. All the, all the Teslas, I'm pretty sure, are assembled like, like within, within like 100 miles of where we are right now. Like yeah. there are Ford factories in other parts of the world. So um, that was interesting to see. But, but my pick that is tangentially car related uh, is a television show, but also uh, motorsports related. So uh, on the way over. You said my trigger, my trigger word. Motorsports? Sport. It's sort of sports. Anyway, <laughs> on the way over on our vacation, I had a couple of shows downloaded to the, to the laptop to watch. And I watched one. Oh, that I was think I know what it was. The Formula One. Oh, that was the Netflix one? The Netflix Formula That's One. That's such a good show. It's so good. Yeah. It's so good. As someone who like kind of like knew a little bit about Formula One from like playing Gran Turismo and stuff. I didn't know anything about it. I didn't really it. follow anything yeah. about it. But if you watch it, if you are a person who enjoys drama in your sports yeah. that comes from nothing that goes on in the actual sport itself, but like interpersonal drama between competitors, but also people who are teammates. Let me tell you about Formula One. Let me tell you one thing I just had a thought before I forget. What's that? We should do an episode of this show in Monaco. I think Monaco's overrated. It looks so cool. As, as an event, I agree with you. It would yeah, be fun. Event. It's like a glitzy kind no, of thing. No, the event I want to go to. As a race, it's kind of boring. I just want to... It's not I just want to, like, do it the, go there. The, uh, the race this weekend uh, in Singapore, I think, is a super interesting race. So the Singapore race is actually a street race. So it's actually streets in the middle of downtown Singapore that are closed off for this track. It's also a night race. It's only one of three night races on the calendar. And so it's in the middle of the night and the whole street is light. So imagine the middle of a, a major Asian city lit up with these land spaceships going hundreds of miles an hour around, like literally just streets where people drive to, to work every day. It's just unbelievable how they go. And then the interpersonal trauma of what goes on amongst the teams I find fascinating. If you're a kind of person who enjoys like NBA free agency or like any of the free agencies of like the North American sports where there's a lot of shuffling around of players on teams and things like that, it's the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. 
it's musical chairs, right? Every team only has two seats. Yeah, and they get like the guy who's like eight, like 16, 18 to drive. And then when he starts getting hot, Ferrari buys him. Yeah. That's basically that's the, the whole thing. show. That's, that's the thing. And then what's transpired from that this season is that um, one of their young, one of Ferrari's young guns, a young man named Charles, Charles Leclerc. Charles Leclerc. Charles Leclerc uh, has come out of nowhere. He won the last two races. He went in Spa and he went in Monza. Monza is a big deal because Monza is in Italy and Ferrari is a very Italian company. And so that was a huge, huge deal. It's like winning the home game. It's, it's winning the it's Super high Bowl. school football. It's just massive. It's massive. But he's kind of come up very quickly. And their guy who's been number one, Sebastian Vettel, has been doing that great. He hasn't won a race yet. Uh, he's been messing up on the track. He's been getting crashes. He's been clipping people. Isn't that what penalties. happened with the Red Bull guy on the show? He, yes. He like got there, an I mean, they're always, that's the thing. Is that, that's part of the drama is that there's accidents. Uh, people get blamed for driving dangerously. Uh, there are mechanical failures. There are team failures. Engine all failures. Kinds of, all, engine the fa- all kinds of stuff. Like- all kinds of stuff. Um, so, yeah, the, the documentary in and of itself is super, super interesting. But now it has gotten me into, into Formula One. Yeah. So then what was the other thing you got? Uh, so I've been watching the races. So I watched uh, the race in Belgium at Spa, which is one of the more famous tracks. Uh, that was the first weekend I was in Portugal. And then last weekend was the one in Monza. And that, those two were uh, kind of the second half of the season. So there's a break in the middle of a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. And then those two are the first races back. Didn't you get like a video game? Oh, yeah. So I... Purchased uh, F1 2018, last year's game, for like $18 on Steam. It was on sale over the weekend. And I've been playing it. It's fantastic. It looks amazing. Um, I'm glad it's the 2018 one because there's a driver that I like that was on a different team in 2018 than he is in 2019. It's Daniel Ricciardo. He was on Red Bull last year. Mm-hmm. He's on Renault this year. I don't know why he switched to Renault. They paid him a bunch of money. They paid him a bunch of money. It was an inferior car. It's a terrible car. The, the, the Doesn't, wasn't that the boss. whole thing the Red Bull was using Renault engines? That's, so that was part of the drama. That was part of the drama on the show. That was part of the drama on the show is that they were using engines made by one of their competitors. Yeah, now, and then they were like all breaking and shit. And then Renault's engines wouldn't break, but they weren't winning. So they weren't like, winning. They get Ricardo in there and like, oh, we're going to win. Yeah, and there was a, a scene, a very tense scene between the Renault team boss and the Red Bull team boss. Where the Renault team boss was basically like, he was looking at me and said, you have no driver and you have no engine. And this was right after they had announced that they were not going to use their engines and they had taken their driver. Yeah. So it's like stuff like that in a sport that is tons of money on the line. Tons of people. Like these organizations on these teams employ thousands of people. The logistics of moving yeah, I didn't an entire realize team that when is I was, absurd. It's when crazy. I was watching the show and they had like the guys in the, like the computer room with mm-hmm. like all the stats and stuff that yep. were like basically a big truck that was like unfurled and they had seats with like computers that were movable. Yep, that show like, you all the stuff. What is this shit you guys are doing? I want to yeah. work for you guys. Can they, I they manage literally those have, They literally have buildings that they set up at every track every weekend. Yeah, and they have like custom Offices, software that literally connects one-to-one with the car with like no latency and knows all the engine revolutions and stats and stuff. Not, for, not just for that car, but for every car. Yeah, each, well, each team has it and then they feed the stats back to the... Yep. So you can know exactly how much time, how far behind time-wise you are from the car in front of you. Uh, you know exactly what tires they're on, how much wear they have. You know, everything, that they're doing, whether or not they're on DRS, 
all kinds of stuff. So, so when are you gonna nerd out and get a racing wheel? Oh, you know one of you our, read my mind. I've been looking at them. You know, one of our friends has the uh, um, the crazy one. Well, the so custom one that you the one there, that you can change the wheels. There is a very there are kind of consumer level stuff and then there's like one company that does prosumer level stuff yeah, and then the there's like super high end like boutique stuff that you're spending thousands of dollars on. He has the you prosumer could easily, one. If you wanted to build a, a, a full on rig with like screens and everything and like a seat, uh, you could easily spend 20 grand doing that. Bro, you don't need screens. You don't need screens. Get an Oculus Rift. Yeah, they're amazing. No, no. I, I have been looking at wheels. I, I haven't decided if I want to spend money on it. What do you mean you don't it, want an Oculus Rift? You literally look to the left and right of you, and you're looking it's, it's in the not cockpit. The same thing. It's not the same thing. It's not the you're same actually thing. driving. It's not the same thing. It's not the same thing. I have been looking at wheels. Um, How is it? Are you saying that it's worse to use an Oculus? It's better graphics to not use an Oculus, but it's, it's better more graphics real. To, but it's like it's not as immersive because you have you, – there's – even though you look around and it changes, it's not because there's something static that is over there that you're looking at. Like the the way that your eyes lock onto things in your periphery is different when it's right here versus when it's right here. It's just different. It's just different. That's all I'm saying. Hmm. Well, if I was going to do it, I have the Oculus Rift S and I would just get the wheel. I have three monitors. I literally could do it. You could but, just do it on the monitors. But the that problem would is, be perfect. but They're then it would be the resolutions. Told you. I'm not going to do it. I'm just, I would use the Oculus. If I'm going to do something immersive, I would probably just like try to Oculus. figure out some way to post up really close to this TV and do it. But I used to have the, back in the day when I had an Xbox 360, I had the Logitech wheel, which was actually pretty good. It wasn't like as good as the Logitech still, ones. Yeah, Logitech, Logitech still makes the kind of minimum level wheel that you'd want to buy to, to have. Yeah, it was it. like 250 bucks. And it was like, I had it like 10 years ago. It was 250 bucks. Plugged it in the Xbox 360 and I played Forza on it and it was amazing. But it, it like it never caught my eye because like I never kept doing it because I felt like it was missing something. And I think what it was missing was VR. I don't think you should look at how good the Oculus Rift looks. It actually looks pretty good. Yeah, I, it is not like plugging a 1080. I'd, I'd rather it. go three miners than uh, Oculus Rift. But you you would only be able to run them at 1080, so you'd almost get the same resolution as Oculus. You should use it. It's actually cooler than or you think. Or big TVs, or I don't know. I, there, there's a whole... That's such a rabbit hole. And like I'm very afraid because I The simplest way of doing it is Oculus Rift, wheel, done. There's, it's not the simplest way of doing it because I have screens I could just use. It's not immersive. I have so many rabbit holes in my life that I need to start limiting. Remember how I said I want to... like have fewer things to plug in this but is this is what gives me pause like- this gives me pause so like you're right i could spend 200 dollars, 250 dollars, get a wheel and a set of pedals and i'd be set up and i'd be good probably or i could spend like a thousand i could spend like the- seven eight hundred dollars and get really high quality stuff not not boutique high-end but like probably the best stuff that i would ever need I don't know. I don't. I don't know if I. I want to take that dive yet, but I've been thinking about it. Maybe if, I, if any of our listeners out there have any opinions on wheels, I'm kind of looking at uh, either the Logitech G29, the two hundred fifty dollars, or the the Fanatec set, which is the 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 higher, more expensive stuff, but they're really good stuff. So, let's know if you have opinions on any of that. 
Greg, where can people uh, tell you that Oculus Rifts are terrible on the internet? Um, Twitter, I guess. Greg is at Gregorski on Twitter. I'm at Al Park on Twitter. The show is at a public function. New posts every Tuesday. We are back officially. We took a couple weeks off because I was on vacation, but now I'm back. We will have new po- new episodes every week. All the episodes, all the show notes on the internet for us will be at our website, publicfunction.show. This is episode number 37. I don't remember, actually. That's crazy. It's we'll we'll have a link to it. Don't worry about it. You'll you'll see the, you'll see the episode number before I even remember what it is. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, you can email us as well. Polofunction.show backslash contact. Contact form is the way to do it. It's the place to be. Hit us up there. I read every single one of those emails. I will read them on air if you say something nice to us. One thing I would ask our listeners to do that will really help us out. We have gotten a couple of ratings on iTunes. We would love some reviews. Reviews would help us out a lot. They would increase our presence, move us up the charts. And we don't game that shit. There is ways to game those. There's charts. ways to game. You can buy people buy reviews. We will never do that. We'll never ever do that. We haven't. We spent will just a sit time. at the bottom of the list as long as it takes for people to actually read. I'm so okay with it. We try to like be pretty open and communicative through the various channels: website, email, Twitter, uh, Discord. We have the Discord server. We'll have a link to that show notes. We're on Dev Two as well. We're pretty active there. Uh, Hopefully one day Greg will set up his RSS and I will set up my RSS so that our blog posts actually go there. But oh, until yeah. that day, you can also just get in touch with us in the other many different Next ways. Next week we should talk about um, Remark. Yes, that's. I, like need a re- I need we'll, to rebuild. We'll get my back blog. to the code next week. Back yeah. to the back to the core competencies. I gotta. I figured out show. how to switch uh, everything to Remark and, and render Markdown into components, not through Gatsby. Very interesting stuff that you must save for next week. Everyone must tune in for next week to listen to that. Greg, do you have anything else for us? No. Greg, see you next week. Yeah.